Uh, man, hat led worship and preached in a minute. I got sweat in my eyeballs right now. I'm going to be wiped out tomorrow. But hey, I'm so glad that you're here. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name's Clint. Uh, Steph and I have the privilege of serving as the pastors here at Oasis. So if it's your first time, welcome. Come say hey after service. We'd love to meet you. And uh, man, it's awesome to see some familiar faces, see some new faces tonight. It's going to be great. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about this right here. Y'all say this word. A little bit. Okay, if this is your first time, this is a participation sport right here. All right, so hey, what does this word say right here? Habits. Now, habits are an interesting thing. I was going to do a sermon series on the principle of sowing and reaping that's found in the Bible. But really, a good way of practically teaching that is teaching you the power of habits. And actually, what the Bible says about habits. Because if you sow good habits, you'll get good results, right? If you sow good habits, you're going to get good results. So I kind of change directions a little bit, but I'm super excited. But for many of us, we like to live by results, right? Like for some of you, if you're in school right now, you, the result you want to get is you want to get straight A's. Are there any students in here, anyone in school right now? Come on, you want to get straight A's. That was never a good goal that I had. I wanted to go and make friends at school, and I didn't make very many A's in school. Uh, but maybe for some people, your result you want to see is you want to be 20 pounds lighter. Come on, somebody. Is anyone like that here? Here we go. Because this quarantine that's been lasting for two years is getting to me now, all right? Some of you, you want to, if you're in the business world, maybe a result you want is you want to close some more sales and make some more money. Come on, that's not a bad thing, right? But you want to do that maybe for you. Uh, you want to find the one. That's the result that you're looking for. It's like, man, I just, this year, 2021, in Jesus' name, I'm going to find the one. All right? So maybe that's you. Maybe for you, you're like, man, you know what? The results of my life, I am going to do some more sales, but I want to give more. I want to, I want to give more to people in need. Maybe that's something you want. Maybe for some people in here, you want to run a 5K, right? Like right now, you can't walk up the stairs without getting winded, but you want to run a 5K. Y'all have a 5K coming up, right? We'll get more info. Uh, November. All right, we're going to get some uh, information about that. We'll give it to y'all, y'all. You know what? I'm going to do the 5K. Right here in front of everybody. I might walk it, but I'm going to cross the finish line, baby. Here we go. But whatever it is, I can bet that there were, uh, there's things in our lives that we want to change. Is that right? Come on. Is there th something in your life that you want to change? There's about a bajillion things in my life that I want to change. And so today, we're going to start a series on habits. Because so go your habits, so go your results, right? Like, if you don't have good habits, you're never going to achieve that result that you're hoping for, that you're wishing for, that you're really, really wanting. And so we're starting this series today. It's going to last a couple of weeks. We might take a break next week, uh, but we'll see because uh, there's some, a lot of crazy stuff happening in our church. Uh, man, we're going to get to move to Madison Creek Elementary here in a few weeks to Sunday morning. Come on, that is a huge answer to prayer. And so that means there's a lot of stuff in the air right now, all right? But uh, y'all just bear with us, all right? Y'all just hang with us. But before we get started, I wanted to give some credit to some people that helped influence this message because if it weren't for these books and if it wasn't for this pastor, we wouldn't be talking about this. And so I want to give you a recommendation of three books. If you want to buy them, write them down. They're not Christian books, but they're not bad books, all right? Just because they're not Christian doesn't mean they're bad, all right? First book is this, is The Power of of habits. All right, write that down. The, the author's name is Charles Duhigg. The second book I want to recommend, I've read this book. It's called The Compound Effect. It's by a guy named Darren Hardy. And uh, a lot of the stuff in this series is going to be, we're going to reference that. And then the third book is a, is a book called Atomic Habits. I read that last year. It's a great book as well. That, that author's name is James Clear. 
And uh, I, I got a lot of inspiration as well from a, a guy that I listen to all the time on leadership stuff, and it's a pastor. His name's Craig Groeschel. He's the pastor of Life Church. There's a Life Church at the old movie theater in Indian Lake. If you've ever passed that, it's an amazing church, all right? He's an amazing leadership teacher. And so a lot of this stuff has been influenced by these people. But I wanted to get you those, so if you want to read some more on this, you can. And obviously the Bible is great. We're going to talk about the Bible tonight, though, all right? And those are free, so you can download that anytime. But are you guys ready? Are we ready to jump in? Yes. Y'all with me? Woo! All right, because here's what I know. If you and I, all right, I'm not, pre- I'm not preaching from a place where, like, I've got this whole thing figured out. <laughs> if you and I can do these things, our lives can change. We can achieve the results that we want in our lives if we do some of the stuff that we're going to talk about tonight. I love how Craig Rochelle puts habits. He says this, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. All right, so successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. And I would like to say, what normal people do occasionally, right? Because I think we're all normal. And all of us, man, we want to have the fitness goal. We want to have the spiritual goal. But guess what? Spiritual, uh, spiritually successful people, they're consistently doing things that draw them closer to God. They're praying. They're reading their Bible. They're serving. They're giving. They're doing the things that God calls them to do. Financially successful people. And I'm not talking about millionaires. I'm talking about just people that can handle their money pretty good. Guess what? They're consistently putting away money here and there. They're, they're consistently knocking out debt or they're keeping debt off. They're consistently doing things. Physical, physically successful people, all right? They're eating healthy. They're not buying the whatchamacallits at the gas station, right? They're not getting the Diet Cokes from the drive-thru. No, they're drinking a gallon of water. They're going to workouts. They're not missing workouts. They don't have cheat days because Lord knows if I have a cheat day, it turns into a cheat decade, right? Like it, it turns into a lot more. Relationally successful people, man, they're, they're doing date nights with their spouse. They're making a priority. They're spending time with the people that matter in their lives. And they have healthy relationships, But successful people, no matter what area you want to talk about, they do consistently what other people do occasionally. And I think if we're all honest, a lot of us probably fall into the bottom half of this sentence, right? Like we want to do better. We want to do things differently. But man, we just, we can't do consistently what it takes in order for us to be successful. And so we're going to look at a guy named Paul. We're going to look at him tonight. He had the same struggle that you and I had, right? Now, let me ask you this question before we get there. How many of you have ever set a New Year's resolution before? Come on. Come on. If you've ever set a New Year's resolution, okay. Now, that's the good news. I love seeing that. That means you want to change. That means there's something about you that you want to be better. But let me give you the bad news. Is that studies tell us that 92% of all New Year's resolutions are gone by Valentine's Day. That's like six weeks we're really bad, right? Like we want to do good. We want to, we have all the great intentions in the world, but guess what? Intentions don't get you anywhere, right? Good intentions are just good intentions. And a lot of us have had New Year's resolutions. We've had things that we've wanted to change, but man, it is so hard to do what it takes to make that change. And so Paul, Paul is one of the greatest Christians of all time. He wrote most of the New Testament. This dude is the man, and we're going to read some of his words. And he had the same struggle, and it says this in Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 15. He says, I don't really understand myself. Can somebody just give me an amen right there? How many of you just, I don't understand myself half the time. For I want to 
lose weight. I want to stop smoking. Like, I want to give more. I want to be more financially free. I I want to have a better relationship with my spouse. I want to do what is right. But I don't do it. Can anyone already relate right now? Come on, you want to do something. You have great intentions, but you just don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I go to the fridge at 1130 at night and I eat again, right? Or I, I sit on the couch again for the like 100th day in a row and I don't go to the gym. Like I, I, I do what I hate. And I know nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Have you ever done something? Have you ever messed up so many times on a habit that you wanted to start that you was like, I'm just useless. I can't do this, right? Like, I just have the hardest time breaking this habit. I can't do it. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And then he says this. What does this say? It says, thank God. Come on, y'all say, thank God. Y'all say it. Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, I got some real good news. If you're in this room, if you're breathing, if you're alive, thank God. Because no matter what your life looks like right now, it can change. But let me tell you, it's only going to change if Jesus is involved. This is not just a practical issue. Your habits are not just a practical issue. Your habits are a spiritual issue. But... We all fall into this thing right here. We all fall. So I want to talk to us tonight about why we fail at this. Why do we do such a bad job at creating the habits, at doing the things that are truly going to bring change into our life? And so here we are. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down, all right? Because the Bible says if you take notes, you get to go to heaven, okay? Here we go. Three reasons. Why we do a bad job at keeping habits. The first one is this. We focus on the what, but we don't understand the how. We focus on the what, but we don't understand the how. Now, the interesting thing about goals is this, is that if I were to survey everybody in here, if I were to survey a thousand people, we would all have some pretty similar goals that we would have, right? Like uh, many of you would want to be healthier. Uh, Many of you would want to be more financially free. Many of you would want to have better relationships. We would all have similar goals, right? They would all center around kind of the same thing. But here's what I know. If there's 50 people in this room, we would have 50 different outcomes to the same goal. Now that's a really interesting thing. Now in Atomic Habits, James Clear, he talks about how there's winners and there's losers and they have the same goal. Now think of it this way. Football season has started. Can I get an amen, somebody? Come on. The Titans look good. I know it was just the third and second, third strings, but I'm, I'm excited right now. But football season started, right? What is the goal of every single NFL football team this season? To win a Super Bowl. How many winners of the Super Bowl are there? One. 32 teams set out with the same goal. Only one winner. Why? Because a goal isn't good enough. The what isn't good enough. You can have a great goal. Think of it this way. Every marriage starts off, starts off, we're like, you know what? Till death do us part, baby. I'm never going to leave you. We're always going to love each other. We're going to live in this honeymoon phase, right? Then why do so many marriages fail? 
Because a goal isn't good enough. Having a goal of a good marriage is a great thing. But how do you get to that goal? We can all have different, we can all have the same goal, but we can all have different outcomes. Because here's what I know. Goals don't determine success. Systems, habits determine success. You can have great goals. Goals are not bad. Goals are great things. But if you don't have the right system to deliver that goal, you won't achieve that goal. Systems are important. James Clear in Atomic Habit, he says it this way. You don't rise to the level of your goals. Not every NFL team rises to the level of their goal of winning the Super Bowl. But you fall to the level of your systems. And habits are systems that help deliver the goal. In the Bible, have you ever heard of a guy named Daniel in the Bible? Come on, Daniel the lion's den. You ever heard of that, right? Okay. Daniel was an amazing man of God. The, the Bible talks about how Daniel, he stood out. He was head and shoulders above all of his other peers. In fact, whenever Daniel got captured into captivity, he rose to a position of leadership in the nation that he was now a part of. Why? Because he had a system. Here's what the Bible said about Daniel. He said he had pre-decided to pray three times a day, every day, without exception. He was known as a man of God. Why? Because he had a system. His goal wasn't just to, to, okay, one day, I would love to be a man of God one day. No, he put some systems in place. He prayed three times a day without exception. 365 in the fourth day's year. Every day, three times a day without exception. For some of you, man, man, you've been coming to church. You've been trying us out. You've been kind of dipping your toe on the water, right? And you're like, man, I really just want to be a godly person. I really want to be closer to God. Well, let me ask you a question. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, to, to like shame you. I'm just, I'm really asking, what have you done to help get yourself there? Because people of God, man, they pray, they read their Bible, they serve, they're generous, they give of their time, their talents, and their treasure. These are what people of God do, the people that are close to God. And so that's how you're going to reach your goal. But I'm afraid too many of us, man, we, don't under, we understand what we want to do, but we don't understand how we're going to get there. And so we're going to keep unpacking that a little bit more. The second thing that we're really bad at, the first thing, man, we, we, wanna, we, we get the how before we get the do, Right? And I'm sorry, we get the what before the how. The second thing we do is we don't see progress fast enough. I made these today and I did a typo. I'm sorry for you OCD people out there, okay? We don't see, all right, pretend like it says C right there. We don't see progress fast enough. Now, how many of you can relate to this? I know we all can relate to this. You decided, I'm going to have a six pack by the summertime. <laughs> by God, it's going to happen, Right? You go to the gym, you hit the gym hard the first week. You go six days a week. You're there, you're sweating. Oh my gosh, you've been, you're sore. You can barely move, right? Like anytime you want to go downstairs, it's like, I'm going to fall. I'm, my legs are just going to stop working, right? Like you get to this point and all of a sudden you're like, man, I haven't weighed all week. I only weigh on Sundays. You step on the scale on Sunday and you gained three pounds. How many of you have ever done this before? Come on. You don't see results fast enough. Right? And, and sometimes we get, and maybe for you, it's financial. Like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to get coffee all month. I'm going to make my own coffee. I'm, I'm cutting coupons or coupons or coupons, if you say it weird, right? Like, I'm cutting these coupons. Man, I'm only shopping the BOGO deals at Publix. I'm, 
I'm going to Aldi, right? Like I'm not even going to Publix, right? I'm, I'm, go, I'm doing all these things. I'm going crazy. And man, you saved $100 that month and you got to pay off some debt on it, right? And now instead of owing $71,500, you owe $71,400. <laughs> like this is, yeah, it sounds like, a, but it's discouraging, right? Because man, you want to pay $71,000 off, right? And maybe for you, man, you're like, I'm going to read my Bible every day this week. And so you wake up, you get a version Bible plan, you're out there, you're reading it, you're, do, you're reading it with some other people, and on the way to church today, you yelled at your kids, right? You don't see progress fast enough, right? This, this discourages a lot of us. And if we're not careful, we can do this. We can wrongly conclude that small good decisions don't matter that much. Right? Like these small decisions, like they don't really matter that much. You know, for instance, uh, you've learned, or maybe the flip side is true, right? Like you've learned that, man, I can play video games three hours a day and my wife is not going to leave me, right? Like I can read my Bible every, or I can like skip my Bible reading every once in a while, or maybe skip a week and not pray and not get in the word. And my life isn't really going to, going to fall apart, right? Because the opposite is also true. We wrongly conclude that our small bad decisions don't matter that much either. But let me tell you, the little decisions that you make are not really little decisions. In fact, uh, our pastor, Pastor Julie at Christ Fellowship, she says this, small decisions with big consequences are really big decisions in disguise. Right? Like, if you think, man, this small decision isn't adding up very much, I'm just going to tell you, that's wrong. Because here's what I know. There's some people, you don't wake up and decide, I'm going to ruin my life today. Like, I'm going to blow everything up, and I'm just going to ruin my marriage. I'm going to ruin my family. I'm going to ruin my job. No one decides to do that. No, but a lot of people do. But they don't happen overnight. They happen over a long period of time. And what happens is this small decision, you decide, I'm going to compromise here. Oh, I'm going to cut corners here. I'm going to lie to this person. I'm going to hide this thing. I'm going to fall to this temptation again. And I'm not going to tell anyone about this. And before you know it, you've actually, these little bitty steps that you've been taking, you've actually come a really long way from where you started. But the opposite is also true. The small good decisions that you make, they make a huge difference, right? Like, man, I'm going to count my calories every day for three months. I'm not going to stop. Or, man, I'm going to prioritize date night. I'm going to do it, right? Hey, I'm going to give more this year. I'm going to, man, I'm going to find something to really invest in. Man, I'm going to invest in the relationship with my kids. I'm really going to go all in and serving, and I'm going to decide to show up every single week, right? I'm going to do this. And before you know, you've made these little decisions, and you ended up over here. And when you end up over here after making the good decisions, they'll look at you and think that you were an overnight success. But that's not true. Because people criticize the things that they don't see. I like saying it this way. Our, our, sorry, our lives are a sum total of all the decisions that we make. And so we might think that our little decisions, they don't matter. We might think that these little decisions aren't adding up. But guess what? You are where you are today because you made a lot of decisions to get there. A lot of bad habits maybe to get there. Or maybe if you're a person in here that might be a little bit more successful in an area of your life, you made a lot of really good decisions that got you exactly where you are right now. 
And so I don't want us to overlook that simple fact that your life, where it is right now, is a sum total of all the decisions that you've made. But it's the things that no one sees that brings the results that everybody wants. Are you willing to do the things that nobody sees so you can get the results that everybody wants? Man, are you willing to really spend some time in God's word when no one's around No one's looking. Are you really willing to spend that time in prayer when there's not a crowd around and when you're not up on a stage with a microphone, I'm preaching to myself right now, right? Like, are you really willing to do the things that nobody sees? And I'm telling you, if you do those things, you're going to get the result that everybody wants. This has been, this next verse has been like a mantra of mine and probably Stephanie's as well. I don't want to speak for you, but probably yours as well. Over this last year and a half, right, of starting this thing, it's been amazing. It's actually been a lot of fun. We've enjoyed it. But this verse right here got me, and it's encouraged me. And it says this, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Hey, let's not get tired of praying. Let's not get tired of giving. Let's not get tired of showing up. Maybe for you, let's not get tired of counting calories and going to the gym. Let's not, let's not get tired of reading your Bible. Let's not get tired of going on date nights and making that a priority. Let's not get tired of doing the things that we know are good, that God wants for us. Why? Because at just the right time, at just the right time, you're going to reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. If you don't give up, some of you, man, you might be tired. You might be like, man, I've been trying to stop doing this thing and I can't help it. And you might be tired. Don't get tired of doing what is good because I'm telling you, it's going to add up over time. These little steps that you're making in the right direction, they're going to add up over time. And one day you're going to reap a harvest of blessing. One day people are going to see the results, right? How many of you have ever boiled water before? Come on. I made some mac and cheese yesterday for the kids, and I was thinking about this. When water, what what temperature does water boil? 212? 212 degrees, I think it is. Guess what? At 211 degrees, that water doesn't look much different than when it was cold. But as soon as it hits 212, what happens? It boils, right? There's a lot of things happening beneath the surface when you're boiling a pot of water, and it's not until it gets to that one point, 212 where it starts to boil and you can start to see the results of what's been happening the whole time. Your life is like that. There's going to be times where it's not going to look like you're going very far. It's not going to look like that you're going to be uh, killing in every area of your life. That $100 that you're saving, that you're paying towards debt, doesn't feel like a lot. But guess what? You pay $100 a month for three years, that's pretty good, right? You pay $100 a month for 10 years, guess what? That adds up over time. You start putting in date nights every week, Year after year after year, and you don't skip them, guess what? You're going to have the marriage that everybody wishes they had. Because why? It's the principle of sowing and reaping. Don't get tired of doing what's good. Because at the right time, you're going to reap a harvest of blessing. So don't let you uh, not seeing the results stop you from getting into the habit that God wants for you. Man, God wants this for you. So don't let it rob you. Don't let these results that you're not seeing rob you of an amazing blessing that God has for you. The third thing, the reason why we're bad at at giving up on our habits is this. And I forgot to put this on here, I'm sorry. Is our distorted identity sabotages success. Our distorted identity 
sabotages success. I'm going to say it one more time. Our distorted identity sabotages success. You know, our, our enemy, the devil, he tries to connect our failures to your identity. So if you fail, you don't, most of the time, most of us don't say, man, I, I, I did a bad job at that thing, I'm okay. No, if you fail, you automatically assume that I'm a failure. You did something bad, so you automatically assume I'm a bad person, right? You, you, you identify your failures with your identity. You, you merge the two in your life. And that's one thing that's going to keep you from being everything that God has for you. You know, Moses had the same thing. Moses, we all read about Moses in the Bible. He was a bad dude. He split the Red Sea. He did some crazy stuff. But when God called Moses, what did he say? He said, no, I'm not a good speaker. I'm really bad at this, right? He had a failure. He couldn't do something as well as somebody else. So he said, I, I can't do it. I'm a bad speaker, right? Gideon. Man, we read about Gideon being this awesome warrior. Well, when it was time for Gideon to step up, he said, hey, I can't do that. I'm from the smallest tribe in all of Israel. Like, I'm actually pretty insignificant. I'm the weakest. Paul, man, Paul, if you read all throughout his, his books, he said, man, he was the, the least worthy person that God could use. He had a career of killing Christians. We don't think about Paul like this. Imagine if God radically changed someone that, that was in ISIS right now, and they came out and did some amazing things for God, that would be a, that was kind of similar to like Paul's story. Like he was terrorizing the early church and the Christians. He felt very unworthy. He felt like he couldn't be what God was really trying to make him be. Why? Because he tied his, his failure to his identity. You know, some of us, you might say it this way. It's like, Clint, you know, that's just the way that I am. You know, we all know that I have an addictive personality, uh, so I might as well just, you know, have another drink, have another smoke. I might as well eat a little bit more. I might as well do right. This is the way I am. This is the way my family's been. Like, you know, that's just how I am. Uh, maybe for you, it's like, you know, I've never been good with money. I never got taught to be good with money. So, you know, it's not a big deal. I try to pay off my credit card as much as I can. But, you know, uh, it's, it's really my wife. It's not even me, right? Like, it's really, she goes to Target all the time, you know? Like, and you start making excuses. Right? My wife does not do this. She does great. She keeps me out of Target most of the time. You know, I'm just not an organized person. Uh, my mom wasn't organized, so I'm not really that, uh, my, you know, it's just messy. I, I like being messy, right? Like, I just, I just learned to live with it, right? Maybe that's, that's you. Maybe for you, it's like, you know, I'm not really great with people. I, I'm very uh, assertive. Right? Like, I like, I like arguing. I like being right all the time. You know, I can't help it that I'm right all the time. Right? Like, maybe that's you. Maybe you can relate to something like that. Maybe that sounds like, you know what? I just, this is just what I've always done. You know, I, I've always smoked. I've, I've always done this. I've always done that. And now here's the, I'm not shaming. If you deal with any of that, I'm not shaming you. But maybe that's something you want to change. And maybe that's the thing that's keeping you away. Is you just think that that's how you are. But here's what I know. An unhealthy identity creates unwise habits. And unwise habits reinforce an unhealthy identity. So when you have an unhealthy identity, you're now creating habits that are going to reinforce that unhealthy identity. And so you get caught in this cycle that it's really hard to get out of. You know, it's, I, I like to think of it as a crazy cycle. You know, I want to be different, but hey, this is where I am, so I'm just going to keep living this way. I'm not going to really make any changes. And all of a sudden, an unhealthy identity creates unwise habits, and unwise habits reinforce an unhealthy 
identity. But I want to encourage you today to take a different approach to your life. Okay, I want to encourage you to take a different post. Most people do this. You create do goals. Y'all say do goals. Do goals. Come on, do goals. do goals. All right, and your do goals look like this. You know what? It's January 1st. It's the fall, right? We get to kind of get a fresh start in the fall. Man, I, I'm going to read more. You know, I, I'm going to start paying off my debt. I'm going to start losing weight. I'm going to start kicking this bad habit that I have. I'm going to drink less. I'm going to count calories. I want to go to the gym. And you have these do goals. Like, man, I'm just going to do these things. These are my goals. I'm going to do these things. Well, I want to challenge you. Instead of creating a do goal, I want you to create a who goal. Y'all say who. who. Come on, y'all sound like a bunch of owls. Who? who. There we go. I want to create a who goal. Now, here's what I mean. Instead of saying, I want to read my Bible more, Say, I want to be a godly man. And if I want to be a godly man, I need to do godly man things. I need to pray more. I need to read my Bible more. Maybe for you, like, I want to be a godly woman. I want to be an amazing spouse. Maybe for you, you know, I want to be a sober person. I want to be clean for the first time in decades, right? Like, I want to be a financially free person. I want to be a healthy person. When you decide who you're going to be, Man, you're, you're, all of a sudden you kind of know what to do. Because here's what I know. Your identity will shape your actions. So instead of saying like, man, I want to, I wish I could just, if, say you're trying to quit smoking and someone offers you a cigarette, most of us would say, you know what, I'm trying to quit right now. Well, you've still identified yourself as a smoker. But if somebody offers you a cigarette and you go, you know what, I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. All of a sudden, you've identified as a person that no longer smokes cigarettes. Maybe for you, someone invites you to, to go to the gym with him. It's like, hey, you know, I, I'm not really going to do that. Identify as a healthy person. Say, you know what? I'm a healthy person now. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do this. You know, uh, a friend of mine that I told you all about a couple months ago, he's a pastor in South Carolina. His name is Keith Cothran. I'm not going to tell the whole story about how we met, but it was crazy. Basically, the gist of it is this. My car broke down in South Carolina. I had to hitchhike. A random dude picked me off off the interstate, right? And then after this, a pastor that I literally called, Stephanie got me his number. He's another ARC pastor. I did not know him up until this point. He picks me up from this random guy's house that, that picked me off off the interstate. And uh, me and Keith are now in the car. Keith is his pastor. And we were in the car for 30 seconds. And all of a sudden, we see a guy get hit by a scooter on a car and flips over the car. I'm talking, it was insane. It was wild. Me and Keith hadn't known each other for a minute, and this had happened. Well, what I didn't know is that Keith used to be a first responder. He used to be a police officer. I'm not, okay? I, I, I didn't know what to do. This guy was not moving. He ended up being okay, but he wasn't moving, and Keith goes into police officer mode. He goes, all right, call 911, Clinton. And he's going out. He's assessing the situation. He's stopping traffic. He's doing all this. And I'm like, I don't know what to, I'm call, I don't know where I am. I'm calling 911. Hey, where are you? I'm like, uh, a road. It's got a yellow line in the middle uh, that separates the two sides, right? Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. But all of a sudden, I'm talking to the, the dispatch person, and I see this person, the other guy that hit the man on the scooter. And he was freaking out and instantly kicked in. Clint, you're a pastor. Go pastor that guy right now. I give the phone to Keith's wife, Carrie. I go out. I get this guy. I look at him in the eyes. I say, hey, it's okay. 
you're going to be okay. I gave him a hug. I started speaking life into him, encouraging him. Why? It's because my identity shaped my actions. Keith's identity shaped his actions. Because when you know who you are, you're going to know what to do. This identity thing is a big deal. How do you identify yourself? Because if you identify yourself in a God-honoring way, you're going to do the God-honoring thing that's going to help you get to where you want to be. Your identity, it will shape your actions. And when you know who you are, you're going to know what to do. But I think there might be some people in here that are like, Clint, I don't even, I don't even really know who I am. Like, I just feel disconnected. I, I feel like I've maybe done something for so long. I've had this habit for so long that God has maybe forgotten about me. Or he's like, hey, I'm waiting, on, I'm waiting on her to get her act together before I love her a little bit more, right? That's what you think God's saying and he's doing. But let me remind you who you are tonight. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. You had an identity. You were a slave to sin. You did things that you didn't want to do, and it had you chained up, enslaved, and you were in bondage to the enemy. But when Jesus died on the cross, your sinful selves died on the cross with Jesus. And he says, hey, you have a new identity now because you are no longer slaves to sin. He's changed your identity. He's changed who you are. It goes on and it says this, for when we die with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Come on, somebody, give God some praise for that. That's awesome. And he says, now you're free from your slavery to sin. You have a new identity. That's no longer how you're identified anymore. You are now free from slavery to sin. And it says, and you have become slaves to righteous living. You're you're not chained to sin anymore. You're not chained to the enemy anymore. No, you're chained to Jesus. And guess what? You have permission to live a righteous life. You just have to put the habits in place that are going to get you there. But many of us, we don't even know who we are. We've lost sight of it somewhere. Identity shapes action. If you truly understood this about yourself, if you truly understood that, man, you are free, God, man, he wants the best for your life. Man, he he wants to bless you. He wants to protect you. He wants to provide for you. That is all in what God has for you. But some of us don't feel like we can get there because we don't identify like that. It's so hard for us to really understand that because a healthy identity shapes positive actions. So when you get your identity right, when you understand who you want to be, or really, and spiritually, who you are, it shapes positive actions, and positive actions shape a healthy identity. You get caught up in a good cycle. You ain't in the crazy cycle anymore. You get caught up in the good cycle. So here's my question I want us to think about today. Is who do you want to become? A lot of us at the beginning said, man, there's some things in my life I want to change, right? There's some results I want to get. I want to, I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better Christ follower. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to become? 
That's a question we all have to answer. That's a question we all have to wrestle with. Now, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes real quick. I love this series because it's so practical. It kind of bleeds into every part of our lives. But I also know that, man, there's some things, even if it doesn't seem super spiritual, there's some things in here that I know that need to change in your life if you're going to be the person that God wants you to be. And so if you're honest in here, no one's looking around, it's just me. And you want to say, hey, Clint, would you pray for me over the next few weeks? There's some healthy habits I want to start that really are going to impact my life, and I don't even really know where to start. Would you just pray for me tonight? If that's you, I want to just raise your hand. It can be any area of your life. Come on, if that's you, if you want to do some things, change some things in your life, come on, there we go. All right, put your hands down. God, you see these people right now. You see uh, what they're going through. You know intimately what they're going through. And so tonight, God, I pray that you help them, give them one thing to do over the next 21 days that they can do every day so they can become the person that you want them to become. You know, maybe you're in here, and when I asked this question, who do you want to become? And when I read that verse about, man, how God has, has freed us from the slavery of sin, maybe tonight you need to become a follower of Jesus. And let me tell you, yes, you can accomplish great things with habits uh, apart from being a Christian, but let me tell you, it's meaningless. God wants to give you a life of purpose. He wants you to be everything that he thinks you can be, and that's a lot better than what you think you can be. And it all starts with a relationship with Jesus. And if you're in here and you want to invite Jesus in your life and you want to become a Christ follower today, on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand real quick. We're going to pray for you, and then we're going to get out of here, all right? So if you want to give your life to Jesus, come on, raise your hand. One, two, three. Awesome. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer in your heart. There's nothing magical about this. It's just a way to articulate what's going on on the inside. God, I need you. Come on, just say this to him. I invite you into my life. I want to make you Lord of my life. And in the best way I know how, I'll follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, y'all give those a hand that just made that decision. Hey, I want us to stand up real quick before we leave. Uh, hey, so all of us in here, we all wanted to do something a little different, right? We wanted to make some changes. We're going to do a 21-day challenge, all right? And I'm going to do it with you. I want you to pick one habit that you can do for 21 days, all right? And I want you to post about it on Facebook, post about it on Instagram, hashtag 21-day challenge. And then I'll, let's see in the next three weeks how far we can go in just doing one habit, all right? So... Can we do that? Are y'all with me a little bit? All right, read your Bible every day for 21 days. Pray every day for 21 days. I don't care what it is. Pick one thing that you're going to do to reinforce a great habit over the next 21 days. Hey, we love you. Man, we are so proud of you. Thanks for being here. Be safe out there, all right? Things are getting crazy again. But we love you so much. If you ever need anything, come talk to us, and y'all have a great week. We'll see you next week, all right?